Hello, welcome to Dungeon Delving. I'm Brendan Wagner, and today I'm delving into random encounters. Now, Xanthor's Guide to Everything has some phenomenal random encounter tables. It has a variety of environments and encounter tables for all four tiers of play for each environment. And personally, as random as I like the encounters to be, I always try to be prepared ahead of time. I'm playing a campaign as a player right now with Tim, but for my next campaign that I'm running, I have the first 10 random encounters already prepared and ready to go. The reason I do this is it gives me time not only to have stats written out for monsters and hit points and whatnot, and I even have initiatives rolled out for my monsters already so I can save time when we actually get together to play, but it also gives me time to think about these encounters as more than just monster stat blocks for the players to fight against. Um, all of the encounter tables in Xanathar's Guide have very specific non-combat encounters. So let's just go through some examples. Some of them will be like, in Arctic encounters, you have a group of trappers. So that's not necessarily going to be a combat encounter. You have a partially eaten carcass of a mammoth that they can harvest rations from. You have a frozen pond with a jagged hole in the ice that appears recently made. You have a half-orc druid tending to an injured polar bear that gives them antitoxin if they help. In the desert, you have things like single-file tracks marching deeper into the desert. The coast has... Uh, what do we got here? A wave that appears to look like a face. A note in the sand. Uh, the forest has like a, a scout racing through the forest to rescue a lost friend. Uh, a group of people wearing animal masks ambling through the ambling through the woods. You know, like in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> um, so these encounters, these random encounters can be things to kind of kickstart more adventures. So what you can do with this is if you're playing a style of Dungeons and Dragons that is not extremely linear and story focused, these can kick off a couple sessions worth of adventure. So you can have a random encounter where your party encounters a, let me pick one up here. They encounter a stone door set in the side of a steep hill, opening to descending stairs that end in a cave-in. Or an old dwarf sitting on a stump, whittling a piece of wood. Or a row of 1d10 plus 40 stakes upon which the bodies of kobolds, dwarves, and orcs are impaled. These are things that you can kick off adventures with. So what this can do for you as a DM is if you are playing a style of D&D &D where a single adventure or quest that your party goes on is going to only last a couple sessions. You know, you're playing like an adventure of the week or adventure of the month style of D&D, &D, where your adventures, you're going to kick off an adventure and wrap it up within three or four sessions at the most. And that's a style of D&D &D that has a lot of merit. It allows you to 
have more variety in the game. It allows you to um, give more players more opportunities to shine because you have more opportunities to have adventures that, you know, have something at stake for an individual player character. And if you're at a crossroads, you know, in between adventures, your characters can just, you know, travel. They can be like, all right, we're going to go west because we don't know what's that way. Let's just go west. You can roll an encounter table to kick off something for them to do while you're going to the next area. Or that's just how your adventures start. All your adventures start this way. I would love to run a campaign where all of our adventures start with random encounters. Um, or alternatively, if you are playing a more linear story-based one and your player's caught up to you or you're not you're stumped on what to do next, you can look at these encounter tables or roll on them and find something that inspires you and it can lead to the next part of your campaign or something to fill time. Let, let's say you you roll on this and roll up a orc graffiti on the wall suggesting something rude about the mother of someone named Krusk. And that kind of gives your adventurer something to do. Um, maybe not that one. But an abandoned miner's camp. This is an Underdark encounter. An abandoned miner's camp spattered with blood and littered with the contents of Dungeoneer's packs. That gives you something to do. You can be like, hey, I rolled this on my encounter table. I can come up with a couple sessions worth of the players investigating what happened to these miners. And that gives me something to do while I figure out what I want to do with the story. Um... You can just quick come up with a couple sessions worth of content to as filler. Uh, and your random encounters can spur those. Another way to do it is to think about encounters that have monsters a little more. Um, in the campaign I'm running, there is conflict going on within the frost giants of the region. And when I was rolling up encounters, I rolled up an encounter with frost giants. And I decided that it doesn't have to be players encounter frost giants roll for initiative fight. You can use it as an opportunity, especially with monsters that are intelligent, to not necessarily just be a we're going to fight now encounter. So your players are traveling through the wilderness and they hear the thundering footsteps in the distance. What do you do? Do they hide? Do they investigate? And let's say they hide and then two frost giants come into view that are just traveling or maybe hunting or trapping. And the players then have an opportunity to kind of steer the encounter in the direction that they want to. And that makes your encounters a lot more varied and a lot more interesting. When you hand the reins over to the players a little bit, instead of having every encounter just be, okay, you're walking down the road and you encounter, rolls dice, this, roll initiative. You can have your encounters be an opportunity for your players to role play or avoid conflict altogether. So let's say, let's keep going with this this pair of giants. So there's a pair of giants that are traveling and they're moving in the direction away from where the tribe of frost giants lives and your players decide to just let them pass. They go, they keep going, the giants don't notice them and everything's fine. Or the players decide to interact with them. The players hail them and talk to them. You have a player that speaks giant. He starts talking to them. He finds out some information about what was going on politically with the frost giants. And these frost giants are maybe 
you know, they don't want any trouble. They're just trying to get away from a bad situation with their tribe. And that led, that gives your adventure, that gives your, um, the quest that you're having your players go on a little bit more depth. And when you're giving your quests more depth like that, then it makes the players more engaged. And simply by giving the players an opportunity to not just roll dice and fight a monster, you can kind of build up your world that way. Or, or your players might just be like, let's attack, let's wait till they're in sight and then make a sneak attack on them and have a surprise round. And if that's the style, if that's what your players want to do, you give the, you gave them the opportunity to do to choose to do that, or do something otherwise, something different. Another great way that your great thing that you can do with your random encounters by taking the time to prepare them ahead of time is give the world as a whole just a little bit more depth. Let's say you're doing an urban encounter. For a low for a tier one game and you roll a you're and you're rolling on your players are going to be traveling through a rundown part of the city maybe and you roll up 1d12 zombies that's a 20 on the levels one to four urban encounter table and now so now your players are in a alleyway or something and they encounter zombies that makes it seem like something's going on and maybe that's what how you kick off your there's a necromancer in the city adventure and other things are like you know other things on the table a peddler weighed down with a load of pots pans and other supplies a wagon loaded with apples that and that has broken wheel and holds up traffic um someone emptying a chamber pot into the street a a doomsayer preaching on a street corner these kinds of things just kind of give the world a little bit more of a vibrant, alive feeling. Um, one of the underwater encounters is a statue of Cthulhu. It's an eerie statue of a squatting humanoid with bat wings and tentacles. An empty castle made of coral. These can be both... These don't have to be something that kicks off an adventure. They can be something that your players encounter and just take a moment to go, huh... That's kind of neat. Maybe they explore it, maybe they don't. But it has given your world a little bit more of that fantasy aspect. And it's given your world a little bit more of a... It's not just... The forest isn't just trees. There's stuff happening here. When you look at forest encounters, you get stuff like... um, A lost weeping child. You get a cool of... a, a a stream of cool, clean water flowing between the trees. Um, 1d6 giant web cocoons hanging from branches holding carcasses. Uh, a clear pool of water with animals sleeping near it. An old tree with a wizened face carved into it. A An old stone archway of elven design that gives your player the ability to have advantage on perception checks for an hour. Um, it's just these little things that you can that you can have your players encounter to break up the monotony of what the environment is. So it's not just forest. The hills, you have grassy hills. You have trees in the woods. You have beach and dunes on the coastline. You have stone walls and rocks and 
fungus in the Underdark. You know, by rolling on these encounter tables, and even if you don't want to roll on them, you just want your environments to feel more alive, just reading through them and deciding, hey, let's put this in here. You can give your random encounters the means to make your environments more vibrant. And when you have those more vibrant environments, you have less monotony, you have more engaged players, and you have more depth to an aspect of the game that often gets turned into fast travel, and that is traveling. You know, your players are... I, what I do is I roll on the encounter table for every day my players are going to be traveling. So that way, what I can do is I can rather... I don't have to have, while my players are on this specific road, these things are going to happen unless I want something specific to happen while they're traveling this road. But I have decided, you know, I can have 10 encounters. So the first 10 days my players are traveling, whether or not they're going one direction or another, I'm ready for them to have stuff to encounter. And not all of them are strictly in combat encounters. And the other thing you can do, an advantage you have of preparing them ahead of time, is you can be prepared to adjust the encounters to what your players do. If you're rolling random encounters and not thinking about that or doing it in the moment while you're at game night, then you lose a little bit of the depth that you can give to the encounter. For example, you roll up an encounter with bandits. If you if your players are traveling on the road on the day of travel that you have this pre-planned encounter with bandits, you can have them doing like a stop at the road. They're they have they're stopping travelers on the road and your party gets stopped by these bandits and they're like, "Hey, you got to pay a toll." And your players can you know, pay the toll, turn around, fight the bandits, try to intimidate the bandits, talk their way through it, whatever it is. You're ready for it as the DM. Alternatively, if your tra- if your if your players are um, going cross country, they're off the road. They're just traveling through the wilderness for that day that you have the bandit encounter. They you can have them come across the bandits' camp, and the bandits could just be there, and that gives your players an opportunity to approach this in multiple ways. They can try to sneak up. They can try to go around. They can just avoid it entirely. They can just rush in spells slinging and blades drawn but you give them more options and when you as the dm prepare your random encounters ahead of time i've probably said this a dozen times already in this episode then you're ready for that and it makes those encounters that much more three-dimensional um Another thing that your random encounters can do, a lot of the random encounters have animals. And what that does is it gives you, again, that more life. Your players are traveling and they encounter, they see, you know, one of the grassland encounters is elephants. So they see a herd of elephants in the distance. Uh, One thing to do with encounters, if you get something like a dragon or something that can fly, then... You can have it just flying overhead, and you as the DM can be like, yeah, unless the players do something to make that dragon take notice of them, it doesn't take notice of them. Um, One of the encounters that I have for my upcoming campaign is 
with is with a dragon and the players will see it in the distance and it's the purpose of this encounter isn't for my players to be like "Ooh, let's fight a dragon today it's to let them know that there is a dragon in the world in the region that they're adventuring in there are dragons dragons live here and you give them the opportunity to see that and to get an idea of what they can do they give them an idea of what kinds of things you as the DM have prepared for them through these kinds of passive random encounters. And you're also not throwing combat at them every single day. Um, throwing a lot of random encounters that are combat focused at your players will slow, th- will slow things down. Combat takes a long time. A minute of combat takes a couple hours <laughs> sometimes of of gameplay but by preparing your encounters ahead of time you should you slow it down a little bit by mixing up your encounters with with a healthy blend of ones that you intend for them to just fight things that you give them the option to and things that aren't going to be really fights at all then that way you're not you're getting to plot points of your campaign a little bit faster if your players are going to a destination then you're not delaying them getting to that destination too much. You're giving them opportunities to do things on the way there, so it's not just, all right, four days pass on the road, you're here now. You give them, there's a narrative to the story. You know, when when you read a book like Lord of the Rings and it's just travel and eating breakfast, it's that part of the book gets a little bit slow. And by taking your random encounters and making them giving them stuff to fight and people to meet travelers to encounter and just oddities in the world you turn that aspect of traveling into a more memorable experience and you make your world a little more three-dimensional and a little more full and a little more alive and when you have your world like that then it you can really push the we're on a grand adventure aspect of playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, the downside, I think, of the random encounter tables in Xanathar's Guide is they don't have monsters from other beast series. So I, I'm not seeing, I haven't seen anything from here that comes out of Volo's Guide or Mordenkainen's. Um, the other downside is that they're not... They are designed for the, the default high fantasy D&D setting. If you're playing with a low or mid fantasy setting, then maybe they don't work as much. You know, if you're playing a, a setting where elves are extremely uncommon, encounter happening upon an elven community in the trees is not likely. You know, <laughs> happening upon a magic portal to the Feywild is probably not going to happen getting ambushed by a group of dragons probably not going to happen in your low fantasy game but it's there the resource is there it exists um i think i'm pretty confident that the i haven't looked through a lot of the setting books yet but i'm pretty sure they all have encounter tables if they don't they should <laughs> But uh, if anybody can let me know on Facebook or Twitter, that'd be great. Just let me know if those uh, campaign settings books have the 
have uh, tables in there for them. But, yeah, random encounter. I think that's all I've got for today. Pretty short episode, just about 20 minutes. But random encounters, take the time to prepare them ahead of time. If you're playing a style of D&D where you really want them to be random and you're just like, all right, guys, let's have a random encounter while we're traveling. Let me roll on this table real quick and see what we got. Then by all means, do it. But I think that by preparing random encounters and having them be random truly you know using the tables rolling the dice to see what your players are going to encounter and then running with what the dice gave you will give you a lot more opportunity to develop your on one hand it gives you time to think about encounters and as a dm that gives you chances to develop your dm skill of creating encounters and making them memorable and interesting and it gives you time to flesh out your world through them. The world's alive. You know, it's not like uh, early beta Minecraft where you travel for days on end and not see anything but trees and mountains. There's stuff in it. There's monsters. There's people. There's travelers. It's, there's a lot more going on. And the random encounters can reinforce that point with your players encountering travelers on the road, with your players encountering monsters and seeing things that show them that this world has been around a long time. You know, you find ruins, you find leftovers of other adventuring parties. It tells the players there's stuff going on here that isn't directly related to you and your impact. And that makes the world just feel more vibrant and alive and that keeps your players engaged because they start thinking about the world that they're in and they start thinking about where their backstories fit in and where their actions fit in and you can push that with your random encounters especially as your players level up and get more notoriety you can have your players encounter a traveler who tells them about this story he heard about this scrappy group of adventurers that took out a goblin den and the players can go oh that's us you know and so not only can you show the players that there's stuff happening beyond them you can also show your players that their actions are happening and affecting the world and having a random encounter with a traveler can absolutely reinforce that having a random encounter with bandits that are afraid of them because they realize who they are and are like, oh, wait, we don't want to mess with these guys. You know, it gives you a lot of opportunities to create those kinds of... get those gears turning in the minds of your players, get them thinking about the world that they're playing in as a whole and not just the map, the grid that you have laid out in front of them for encounters. Um... But yeah, I think that's all I got for random encounters. Uh, I really like designing encounters and coming up with them. So this is a this is an episode that I put some thought into over the last couple weeks. But random encounters are great. Definitely make them random. Don't I I don't recommend micromanaging every single encounter and being like, all right, this and today they're gonna fight this. The next day they're gonna meet this person. Let the dice decide some of that for you. It takes a little bit of the stress off and it gives you some opportunities to be inspired by something you might not have otherwise thought of. So yeah, Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Check out its encounter tables. Um, even if you don't roll on them, there's some great stuff in there for you to 
that can get your DM gears turning and deciding what kinds of things to throw at your players. That's all I got for this week. We'll see you next week. Keep on delving.